Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for another episode of Just a Bit Outside with your hosts, Stark and Macero. Way back. Blue Jays with it. Touch We are live. Welcome to Just a Bit Outside with Stark and Mazzaro. I am your host, Ian Starkman, and I am joined by my co-host, Mike Mazzaro. Lots of great sports this past weekend that we will touch on today, including Canada dominates the Olympics, the Blue Jays are hot at home. Masai is staying and Kyle is leaving. The WGC concludes in a playoff and the NFL has its first game and much more from the world of football. But first, Mike, how was your sports weekend? Didn't spend a lot of time watching much sports this past weekend, but uh, I, I think I mentioned last Thursday I was going to play 27 holes. Yes. Uh, well, 27 became 36. Ouch. Uh, first time I have ever done that. I don't think there's going to be, uh, you know, I'm not going to be signing up to do that too quickly again, but we played nine in the morning and um, moved along fairly quickly. So my brother was like, let's just finish. So we did, went home, showered, went back, changed, went back, play another 18. Um, and that was, that was Thursday. And then were you getting tired and that back the back half of that second round thinking I, I don't know if i can get through these last few holes surprisingly not not as much as i had in the past um i noticed a couple shots towards the end i was kind of like you know a couple chunks and i was kind of laboring a bit so i was like okay <laughs> um you know we'll uh we'll call it for what it is but i mean what the hell? I find when you're playing 36 in one day, I've done it. We do a lot of guys trips, uh, golf trips, and you got to cram in 36 and then 36 yeah. the next day. It's key to make the second 18 something different, a scramble, some sort of best ball format where you're not, you know, you hit one in the woods. You can be like, I'm done this hole. I'll sit in the cart and keep sipping on my drink. And you got to be drinking if you're playing 36 holes in a day. It just keeps things moving along. Get the tunes playing. The boys are bouncing. You got you got to take a cart too, which, uh, mm. you know, I'm usually not. But if you're doing 36, <laughs> you got to cart it. Atta boy. Atta boy. You're coming around. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was fun. And um you know, it wasn't too bad. And then Sunday, I went to Wooden Stick. So first time I played out there, my cousin and two of my close buddies. Um, 
it was 180 bucks. So this was the deal. There was a deal online. If you book a foursome, it was 180 bucks. And that gives you golf cart, uh, taxes in and a meal after the round. So, you know, not too bad. Great deal. The problem, like the course is nice. I enjoyed it. Um, it was well taken care of, well maintained, good pace of play. You know, we weren't waiting. Nobody was on our ass. Um, the only problem is it's a commitment to do wooden sticks because I was up at six, you know, on the road by seven. Right. Get there for, you know, just after eight, eight forty tee off. It's about four hours and 40 minutes to play that course. Then you have a couple beers, lunch, you know, that's another hour. And I was home at like four o'clock. So it's almost two and a half hours of driving. I mean, from Mississauga anyway, God's country. It's a full day. It's a full day. day. It's a full day. And it's not something I'm going to do again soon. Once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, But everyone wants to know, how did you do on uh, TPC Sawgrass 17th Island Green? So we... uh, Which shot? <laughs> we, we we took a couple, we made a couple goes at it. So oddly enough, so first first two, I donated them back to the course. And then we're like, okay, third mulligan. I hit, stuck it kind of on the fringe. And I had this weird, like long bending putt. And I putt and it was like going out, curving in. Some jackass didn't fix his ball mark. It goes in the ball mark. But then oh. kind of picks up speed, keeps going, and just misses the hole by like a hair. Wow. I tend to think if that ball mark wasn't there, I would have had a nice little birdie, um, a, a mulligan birdie. But still, it was uh, it was a good putt. It, nice course. Um, just uh, it, was a, it was a hike. It was a hike, that's for sure. It sounds like you had a pretty good time out there as well. Yeah. I, I, for me... Uh, yeah, I had a busy weekend uh, as well and uh, had a double header with one of my boys. It got rained out. We got poured on, which wasn't great. I ran a top-notch t-ball practice in the morning. <laughs> uh, we got those gloves down, bum down, shuffle going. Kids are hitting balls all over the place. A couple of kids really working on their sandcastles around second base. Crucial. Uh, coming in, coming into form. But, but on Sunday, you know, I went golfing. And, and Mike, you've known me a long time. And, and I would say... I'm a good guy. I'm a fun guy. And, uh, you know, I'm a caring guy. I'm a good person. Wouldn't you say so? I agree. And I like where this is going. Well, on Sunday morning, there was an incident at the golf course. And what happened was we had a 7 a.m. tea time on Sunday morning. So it was uh, myself, uh, two buddies that I've uh, played hockey with since uh, since we were kids growing up. You know, we lost the Bantam All-Ontario Finals in overtime. We'll save that story for another day. But we did that together with the Rebels. And another friend of ours joined us as well. We got to the first tee, 7 a.m. There's probably only three or four groups in front of us uh, at this time, teeing off at 7 um, and we get to the first tee. There's four public players in front of us. Now, of course, I play at uh, a semi-private, so there's some private players, but public players can get on as well, and there's not an issue with that, but we could tell they were public players. Two of them were probably 
around my age. So call it, you know, mid thirties to late thirties. They were playing from the tips and taking a cart. Okay, fine. The other two guys were somewhat in their fifties playing the middle tees and they were walking, but it was clearly two separate groups that had been joined up together. Okay. We watched these two older gentlemen chunk a few off the tee, could be whatever, you know, hit one to the right, hit one to the left, giggles and get going. We get up to uh, the tee and we're like, uh oh, this could be a long one watching those four guys go this could be a long one we might be in for one here but you know what are you going to do and you know our hope is you tee off at seven you want to get done somewhat quickly right Mm -hmm. by the second hole we're waiting in the fairway while these guys putt out just standing there watching them putt out it it was getting bad we get to the tee box on three it's a par three they haven't even reached the green yet They're hacking it in front around the fescue stuff to even get to the green. Now we're just knowing we're in trouble. Third and fourth hole are parallel. So you can walk from the third tee through a tree to the fourth tee. So we go over the fourth tee and look, the group in front of them is on the fifth fairway. So they're a hole and a half behind. So we finish out three. And uh, they're still chunking it up four as we're walking past them to get back to the tee on the fourth. So one of my buddies says to one of the older gentlemen, hey, do you mind if we go by you guys? He's like, yeah, no problem. So they pull off to the side, even though they're hitting out of the trees anyway. So my first buddy goes up at the tee, boom, dead straight down the middle of the fairway. Second buddy goes up, boom, dead straight down the middle of the fairway. And after he hits it, we see one of the younger guys way up at the fairway on the right, run out to the middle of the fairway, knock down the ball with his foot, pick it up and throw it about 100 yards way right over towards the 13th hole into the almost towards the woods. Come on. I could not believe it. I sprint up to the forward tees and I yell, what the F are you doing? You're letting us play through. What the hell are you doing? Guy starts yelling back at me. I yell back again. You're a hole and a half behind already. Get moving. Get out of the way. We're coming through. So by this time, we realized that the older group didn't tell the younger guys that we were letting them play through. So he starts running up towards them to say, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Don't yell at them. I told them they could get through. So then this guy's waving back to us like, okay, you can get going. I say, no, buddy, get back into the woods, find that ball and put it back in the fairway. We're not hitting until you do that. So this guy moseys along, jogging across our fairway, goes to find the ball. He brings it back, places it somewhere in the middle of the fairway. Now I'm just jacked up. I turn around. I realize we're at the most condensed part of the course. You got the third hole, the 12th hole, the second hole, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. Everyone on the course in that area heard me and or saw me. Nice. You know, my heart's my heart's pumping. I step up, boom, bomb right down the middle. No problem. We roll up there and then we realize that the two young guys, they just kept going on their own. They're like, forget these guys. We're going as a twosome and taking off. So we play out the, the fourth hole. I got a par, no big deal. And now these guys are waiting for us on the fifth tee, these two young guys. So we roll up four strong, you know, a couple of, you know, three former decent hockey players. We're like, is this going to happen right here on the fifth tee block? Guy comes over. He's like, hey, sorry, man. That Those two guys were so slow keeping us behind. We just wanted to get away from them. We didn't know why you guys were hidden into us. And we're like, listen, that's fine, but don't touch our ball and throw it. I'll ask a question as to why we're hitting. Right. Clearly, these guys were letting us pass through. We're not that big of jerks. So... They're like, no problem. We're just going to play as a twosome as front of you. We'll let it go. Guy turns around and says to me, hey, 
I think I went to high school with you. Could not believe it. I was like, whatever, buddy, get out of my face. He takes off. By this time, I'm overly jacked. I get to the 50. I hit it out of bounds. I get a quadruple bogey. Two holes later, triple bogey. My mind was in shambles. I was scrambled. It was just awful way to go, awful way to play a Sunday morning. But uh, you know what? Now I can say I've had a confrontation on the course. Now, I will say it didn't escalate to an altercation, but it definitely was an incident. Wow. I'm glad you didn't tell me that. And this is the first time I've heard this. So I'm, you know, trying to soak it all in, as I'm sure the listeners are, too. It's a little Bryson DeChambeau of you getting so hot on the course and then just buckling. Um, I like that. 7 a.m. on a Sunday, and it's so heated on the course. Now, do you guys not have a starter? We have a starter, but there was no Marshall out there at that oh, time. Oh, yeah, Marshall. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's what, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. And, and that's the thing, right? When they when they pair groups together that aren't, you know, a foursome, when it's a two pairs, that's what's going to happen, especially if they don't know each other. So, I mean, it seems like it escalated fairly quickly and uh, then dissipated by the next hole. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I didn't hear any stories that uh, you were throwing hands at uh, at the golf course. That would be a little much. As these things do, you know, at, at our age, they, they might get heated quick. But when it comes down to it, no one's throwing bombs, no. especially on the golf no. course. But, you know, my good buddy, I didn't realize we got to about the eighth hole and we're walking off. I just triple bogeyed and... I was just a mess, and he said, hey, at least you're going to have a great story for your podcast. So, hey, <laughs> That's what it's all about. Everyone, stick around. Our T5's coming up right after this break. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What a week it has been for Canadian athletes, which is where we will start our T1. Team Canada finished off the Olympics this past week in Tokyo with seven gold, six silver, and 11 bronze for the most by Canada in the summer games. 
In the last week alone, we took home four gold medals in some of the biggest events, including our women's national soccer team defeating Sweden for the gold medal on penalty kicks. Mike, we will start there, as you predicted, with your lock of the week last show, Canada won. Great, great performance. Uh, you know, Jesse Fleming scored against the U.S., scored against Sweden. I was able, because uh, I was working, so I couldn't watch the game, and... Um, I was getting some text updates as to what was happening. And uh, I'd been checking my phone throughout the morning, saw it was going to PKs. So um, I had an opportunity to to drive off in an area. I loaded up, you know, the phone, CBC, and I was able to watch the penalty shootout. And uh, Julia Grasso scoring the winner, you know, it was great. It was great for the, for the ladies. It just kind of felt after they got past Brazil in the U.S. that, Things were on their side and, um, you know, after back-to-back bronzes, the last two Olympics, they get the job done. Christine Sinclair gets her gold. Lots of great storylines there and they truly deserve it. Yeah. And it's one of those things where the big game might've been that semifinal against the USA Mm -hmm. and it just wouldn't have been the same if they didn't pull off and win the gold at the very end. Uh, So to get to that point was one one big story, but then to win it in the fashion they did was great. I'm super happy for Christine Sinclair. She seems to just be the ultimate leader of that team for all the young women on the team. I know girls all over the country look up to her, uh, not only as a soccer player, but as an athlete, as a person. She's got 304 career caps for the captain, and now she finally has her gold to hang her hat on that as well. Who knows if she'll continue playing or not. But of course, it came down to penalty kicks. It seems like an ongoing topic that you and I have been talking about this summer but another big tournament being finished in penalty kicks but uh, you know with some skin in the game it was pretty exciting to watch yeah it was uh you know pretty exciting to see them get the goal there Julia Gross was scoring the winner and getting the gold that's you know yeah, that that's what it's a crapshoot and the women's soccer at the summer olympics is one of the top events like absolutely it's, it's right up there absolutely. And, and good for them it was great so you know then we have uh damian warner he wins gold in the in the decathlon mm-hmm. now all you listeners out there here's what we're gonna do i'm gonna give a little pause we're gonna let you you're in your car you're walking your dog who knows where you're listening I want you to quickly in your mind rifle off what the 10 events are in the decathlon. We'll let you think about that. Now, here is what the 10 events are. Now that you've thought about it, we have the 100-meter sprint, the long jump, shot put, high jump, the 400-meter sprint, the 110-meter hurdles, the discus throw, pole vault, javelin throw, and they finish it off with the 1,500-meter run. wonder how many of you got all 10 out there, but this should be the biggest event. I mean, this guy won... At all 10 events, combined with the points, he has to be the best athlete in the country and the best athlete in the games. I know this event used to be huge back in the day, but it needs to get its deserved. This guy was unbelievable. Hats off to Warner. He was fantastic. Is he arguably the greatest athlete in the world right now? He should be. I don't know how you argue against it. I mean, he set some Olympic records and some decathlon records along the way. Closes things out as the flag bearer for Canada. Just, I mean... 
damn impressive. Really, Lou Marsh Award winner, I think. I, I honestly, I, I think he has to be the Lou Marsh winner. And yeah. and you know, to be world class in ten events, you can't be like, well, hey, I'm really good in about four of these, three of these, I don't know, and a couple of them, I, I'm just a complete stinker. You got to be top notch in all ten, yep. and you got to put in the time for all these events and train different ways. And they do it in 48 hours. So, I mean, one of the best stories for Canada at the Olympics. Other one, uh, Andre DeGrasse, he got the gold in the 200 meter. This clearly is his best event. I know he was in the running there for the 100 meter and getting bronze, but he just seems to have that extra jump the last quarter of the race to just fly by the rest of the guys. Yeah, especially after getting silver in Rio, he's able to uh, to get the gold this time around. First Canadian, I think, since 1928 and set an own personal best and a Canadian record along the way. So another you know, another great candidate for Lou Marsh right there. It's it's a who's who of the Lou Marsh Award this year, I think. Yeah, for you American listeners out there, Lou Marsh goes to the Canadian Athlete of the Year every year. And uh, another one is the Olympics were kind of finishing out. I saw this one on. It was the indoor cycling. I don't know if you've seen this, but they're in like this wooden bowl, it looks like. Okay, so they put you up at the top. This was the sprint. It's a head-to-head race. They drop the two women in, and they kind of jockey for position. It's three laps, but you got to win two of three races. So they kind of, you know, feeling each other out at the start, and then one blows past, and then the other one gets up, and then they sprint down the end. So Kelsey Mitchell of Canada, she wins gold. What a story. Not sure if you've heard about her, Mike, but she was a varsity soccer player at the University of Alberta. Okay. 2017, she decides to attend the RBC training ground where they test athletes, put them in different sports for potentially making it to the Olympics. Somehow, Cycling Canada identifies her, puts her into this sport she's never done before. Four years later, wins gold. Amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. I did read about that. Uh, something like she didn't own a bike four years ago and and there she is gold medal um the other two things i just wanted to point out to close things out in the olympics obviously i know we talked about it last week but got to mention again penny alexiak most decorated olympian in canadian history seven medals um just a phenomenal performance from her over the last two olympics and I'm sure she'll be in Paris in three years' time. And I hope I'm correct with this. I think equally as important, no positive COVID cases for the Canadian athletes. So, you know, you're dealing with extreme heat there in Japan. That was something that was always in the news. But I think Canada did a good job of of taking care of the athletes and, and ensuring everyone's safety. And look, I mean, look at the performances and, and the results. So all in all, I think we have a lot to be proud of. Here, here. Well, Canadians were winning on the other side of the world, our T2 was happening on our own soil. The Toronto Blue Jays finished their first homestand back at the Rogers Centre, going 9-2 and and beating one of the teams they are chasing, the Red Sox, 3-4 of four over the weekend. The Blue Jays now sit three games back of the second wild card as they hit the road for nine games. And it was great to watch all week long, especially this weekend with the doubleheader on Saturday. They were not only winning games 
and winning games at home, but they were winning them in dramatic fashion. You had the walk-off by Simeon in game one of the doubleheader on Saturday. Felt like that roof was going to blow off extra innings. They hustle everyone out, bring them back in for the nightcap, which was great. They should have won that one. Vladdy had a long, long hit to center field, almost thought it was going to be a home run. And then on Sunday, three-run home run by Springer to come back from down 7-2. It feels like this team's got their mojo going. Some people I know went to games over the course of the weekend and uh, they are listeners of the podcast. So they're like, hey, I ran into know-it-all guy and I I saw this guy. So you set a trend there, man. Good for you. Perfect. But uh, yeah, look, George Springer, I mean, what is it? Five home runs in, in, 10, in 10 days, 11 games at the Rogers Center. You know, he's talked about wanting to play in Toronto and He's producing big time. So, And two of those home runs were leadoff home runs to start the game. Right. One on the very first pitch. I mean, what a way to introduce yourself to yep. Canadian fans. Welcome to Toronto. Um, another thing, you know, Jose Barrios, he's had two starts now. Uh, 12 innings pitch, 13 strikeouts, .75 ERA, one win. I mean, that's, I mean, we were talking about how great a deal that was, but he's pitched well in both games he started. Plus, with guys like that pitching well, it calms the bullpen down. Right, right. They don't need to pitch as many innings. They can come in maybe later half of the seventh, uh, maybe hopefully even to the eighth inning. You can condense your bullpen. They can pitch less, which will make them more uh, efficient. Yeah, for sure. And uh, just, you know, 60 and 50 right now. And I think it was the all-star break. They were eight games back of Boston, now three in the wild card. So it, it I saw some chatter online. I think it was uh, the wonderful Arash Madani making mention of it that uh, it feels a lot like 2015, and, and it does. Yeah, this team looks to be having a ton of fun. They're gelling well. They got the home run jacket now. It's making its rounds around the entire team every time they hit the the home run. They're partying in the uh, clubhouse, their big comfy cl- uh, clubhouse now at Rogers Center. I think they're just happy to be back home in Toronto, playing in front of their fans, and now they can get moving in the right direction. The AL East is struggling right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Sox have lost eight of their last 10. The Yankees have been dealing with a lot of COVID cases, causing some players to miss games, including Anthony Rizzo, who they just got. Um, the Jays, they, they, they're only a half a game back of the Yankees, so they got to get by them first. But I think the second wild card is in their sights. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it looks like Tampa's doing what they should be doing to kind of take the division. And then the wild card is pretty much between Boston, New York, Oakland, and Toronto down the stretch here. Seattle's kind of fallen off a bit, but we'll see what happens. But the Jays, they're, they can go toe-to-toe with anyone. We've been saying this for weeks. I just don't think you can get two wildcard teams from the East. Yeah. Uh, they got to play each other too much. So Oakland looks like, you know, they got some garbage teams in their division that they're going to play a bunch through the, the rest of the season here. Right. Those guys will easily lock up one of the spots. Well, the Jays, Yankees, Red Sox, they got to play each other. Plus, they got to play the Rays a bunch. Mm-hmm. So um, it'll be tough to get two teams so they got to get moving, and they got to pass the Yankees and the Red Sox. But hey, I think they can do it. It'll be great. Yep, gaining ground by the day. Toronto looks to be the place to be, and it could make for an exciting fall and will include the return of the Toronto Raptors, which brings us to our T3. Masai Ujiri has re-signed with the Raptors to make him not only the president, but also the team's vice chairman. Masai has brought a championship to Toronto and will be looking to build a winning team again, but this time without Kyle Lowry, who was traded to Miami in a sign-in trade. Mike, your thoughts on the Raptors this offseason? I think 
Masai Ujiri, you know, he he came in in 2013 and what he's done for that franchise. I mean, aside from the NBA championship, which is the obvious one, right? Which was amazing. You know, he he's helped bring in their own practice facility, the OVO Center. They've hosted an NBA All-Star game. Raptors 905, they create that, their G League team, which has had a lot of success. Obviously, brought Kawhi in and a lot of the player moves he's made. All of his work in the city of Toronto. You know, he's president of his nonprofit, Giants of Africa, and everything they're doing. Not only is this guy a top executive, he is a great human being. And what more could you ask for for a leader of your franchise? Right. And what we say in Toronto is in Maasai, we trust. I didn't even question him when he decided to draft Scotty Barnes instead of Jalen Suggs, which everyone thought he was going to do. He knows something we don't know. He's got our trust. He's going to make the right decision. And he's earned the Raptors fans trust in his ability to draft, trade, pick players and put the team together. So I think the Raptors could not afford to lose Masai. Whatever he wanted, they had to give it to him. And clearly he saw some value in being part of the overall business decisions and being part of the board and getting that vice chair spot. So good for him. I'm happy for him. I think it was the right move on his part, the right move on the organization's part. This is the guy you need leading your team. And this is a big time franchise. We need to start treating it that way and keeping our talent here. Now, having said that, Kyle Lowry, the face of the franchise for a long time. He stuck with the team, stuck with the city when things were a little bit iffy. But, you know, he was he was there, and he played his heart out for this team in this city. He was upset when they traded his friend, DeMar DeRozan. He took some time to get used to having Kawhi Leonard join the team. But he's a pro's pro. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we said everyone's getting a statue. It's Kyle Lowry and, you know, leads the franchise in a number of, of records over his course of nine seasons and second in games and minutes um, points to his good friend DeMar. So tough to see a Toronto icon leave, but, um, you know, he'll forever be a Raptor. But what you got to realize about Kyle Lowry is if you ask anyone about that championship run, who was the best player, they're going to say it was Kawhi. I mean, he won the MVP, had the amazing shot against the 76ers. He just was the best player. But look at what Kawhi's done the last two years with Paul George, who some might say he's a top five, top 10 player in the NBA, all world talent, but he just doesn't have that it factor that Kyle has, that grit, the hard work that Kyle puts into it, the ability to gel with his team to make them a championship team. I mean, he worked well with Kawhi. He mentored guys like Van Fleet and OG to build them up and make them superstars in the league as well. And that's the difference maker that Kyle is and that he'll be able to do with whoever. I mean, it's going to be Jimmy Butler in Miami. Who knows if they'll add more players, but he's that type of player that's going to be amazing. And and rightfully so, he should have his number retired. He should have a statue uh, down at the Scotiabank Arena well before our good buddy Vince. Yep, fully agree. I mean, what he brought to the franchise, both on and off the court, can't be matched. Last thing I'll say about the Raptors is this Barnes kid actually looks pretty good. Uh, I watched him in Summer League. Yes, I watched him Summer League. I had him on one of my side TVs, hashtag sports guy. Um, he played really well. He's bigger than I thought he was. Uh, he had 18 points with Micaiah Flynn having 23 of his own. This team's in good hands with these young guys coming up, and clearly Masai knows how to build him. And Masai, we trust. 
Let's move to our T4, which had no Canadian content. The WGC St. Jude's Invitational was completed on Sunday with a three-player playoff that was won by Abraham Answer on the second playoff hole. On a windy final round at TPC Southwind, not just a clever name, Answer shot a 68 for his first career PGA win. Puts him up in the FedEx Cup standings as well. He jumped 12 spots. He was the answer in the playoffs taking out Masters champion. The story was more about the collapse of the leaders on (laughs) Sunday. I mean, English shot a 73. Our buddy Bryson shot a 74. Uh, Balls were dropping in the water on almost every hole. Uh, Even the free and easy mullet wearing Cameron Smith, he shot a 72 to fall of contention. And it was just like Abraham Answer was right there to to pick it up. You and Bryson both had tough Sundays on the course coincidence i don't know <laughs> maybe i don't know maybe a little bit maybe a little bit i mean you said matsuyama he came out of nowhere shot a 63 to get in the playoffs sam burns he had a hell of a day shot a 64 uh considering they were nine and eight back going into sunday who thought they would be there answer he's an up-and-comer man mm-hmm. 30 years old he went three one and one at the president's cup in 2019 he famously called out tiger woods saying he wanted to play him then got smoked <laughs> he was close at the masters this year this seems to be a guy that's going to be in the mix the next few years he said that he got to the 16th hole looked up at the leaderboard thinking he'd be like third maybe fourth and he was tied for the lead he was like what the hell is going on behind me right now so i mean it was a great story fun to watch on a sunday with not a lot of sports going on yeah i mean seven top tens for him this year in 24 events and you know he's put himself in the top 10 he's sixth right now um going into the final weekend of what is the regular season here before we get into the uh the fedex cup playoffs which is the top 125 guys competing um so he's put himself in a good position you know he's behind some some really strong guys who have had good seasons morikawa spieth cantley harris english john rom so that's good company to be in yeah and i like what they've done with this playoff format it's going to be an exciting three weeks starting in two weeks uh morikawa is going to be your leader going into it yep. lots of great names around the leaderboard love what they do with the final 30 and kind of giving them a score to start the tournament so you can follow along easily. Uh, PGA is heating up here for the next month, which will be great to see. Now we warned you there would be a lot of football talk on our podcast and it has snuck into RT5. This past week, the Hall of Fame game was played between the Pittsburgh Steelers and Dallas Cowboys, which was won by the Steelers 16 to three. The game wasn't great, but it is the start of a great weekend, which saw two classes of NFL legends get inducted into the hall. And it is the official start of preseason as we see a slew of games to be played this week. Mike, are you happy football's back? Oh, I've been sleeping better. Food tastes better. I'm still golfing like crap, but uh, all the other things that indicate football season is upon us are, are aligning properly. So yes, I, I watched a bit of the hall of fame game, you know, obviously preseason football is, you know, if you're trying to get on the bandwagon of football, don't watch preseason. But I mean, for guys who have teams and, and players, I'm looking forward to seeing how Jordan love does in some live games. They play, you know, the Packers play Houston this weekend. Um, NFL Network does a pretty good job of trying to show as many games as possible. So, um, you know, the preseason now is 
predominantly for guys that are trying to make the roster, uh, for rookies that are trying to get some some reps that they no- wouldn't normally get, you know, live reps, which are very valuable. So, you know, it's good. It, it's we're a couple couple weeks away from the real stuff, and uh, that's what matters. Yeah, the game was bad. It was really bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I tried to watch it, but you know, it was just nice to see the colors. You know, you could hear the hits on your TV and hear Joe Buck called in the game. It just felt, you know, comfy. I, I put it over onto my side TV just to look over every once in a while and know that there was some NFL going on. Uh, that was always a comfort level of knowing, mm-hmm. hey, it's nice, calm. It's maybe the fall. We're getting into winter soon. Just a feeling came over me, as you mentioned. It was a great feeling. And then to watch Peyton Manning with one of the all-time speeches uh, at his Hall of Fame uh, uh, ceremony, chirping Ray Lewis about how long his speech was two years ago, chirping Tom Brady about how he will have to say his speech in 10 years. <laughs> Peyton Manning is just great for TV any way you can get him. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it was reminding me when he hosted SNL and just some of the skits he did there. He's 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 a funny guy. And his, his commercials he's done and, and staying, you know, kind of in the picture here after retirement. He's uh, He's got a great sense of humor and he's a lot of fun. But uh, I don't know if you caught Charles Woodson's speech or not now. I did. Obviously a little bias on my end because of his time with the Packers. And regardless of that, you know, one of my favorite players of all time and how he closed his speech is pretty much getting everybody that he played with was coached by even through the fans in there. Like if you were a fan of the Packers, stand up, we're in together. We're going to the Hall of Fame together. Like, you know, really cool. Um, that guy is so awesome. And, uh, you know, truly deserving of that gold jacket. So I, I always enjoy the Hall of Fame uh, weekend. And um, this year certainly did not disappoint. Yeah, it was it was cool. It, it's a cool ceremony. Any Hall of Fame one is a couple notes around the league. I, I wrote down Mike uh, Deshaun Watson. He's back at Houston practice now. I don't know how he'll be received by the rest of the team, if they'll accept him after his trade demands and then his uh, illegal situation that he's in. It'll be interesting to see what happens in Houston. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, I don't know what more to say there. Um, something that they need to figure out one way or another moving forward. Yeah. Saquon Barkley, he's back after being taken off the pup list. That's good news. Look for him in some fantasy drafts. Maybe he's moving up the, some people's rosters there. And then Tom Brady says he will play in the preseason opener. So that's fun to watch. We weren't sure if he would be able to start right away, having a little bit of knee surgery in the offseason after winning. Maybe slipped on that boat after a couple drinks there down in Tampa. But he seems to be in good shape heading into the season. Uh, be always interesting to follow our buddy Tom. Some other football notes. CFL started this weekend. Uh some games that we looked at. I mean, the Argos won, which was nice. I thought the Edmonton Elks helmets looked really cool. I mean, there is a place for CFL. It's not really my thing. Doesn't get a lot of my attention, but it's good for Canada. It's good for Canadian sports, and a lot of cities in Canada love it. Mike, what were your thoughts on CFL to start this week? Yeah, just pleased that um, the season got off on the the right foot here this year obviously didn't play last year i think it's going to take the teams a couple weeks to really get their footing and hit the ground running obviously like i said no season last year no preseason games this year so teams are going to be kind of finding their groove over the first couple weeks but um you know some good games uh caught a little bit of the hamilton winnipeg game um argos and calgary on saturday night so just kind of flipping watching a quarter or so 
So I, I think as the weeks go on here, we're gonna we're gonna see more and more um, great plays and uh, gives us some summer football. Putting you on the spot, who's winning the Grey Cup? Hamilton. Wow, I'm telling you, yeah, like, you know, the thing is here they do it right. If you've ever been to a Tie Cats game and tailgated, I know things are different now in Toronto where you can tailgate. It, it's a great scene, and you know everybody I've brought to a game. Just to go tailgate, you know, go watch some football. If you love football, nice night in the summer. Tim Hortons Field's beautiful, and, you know, they do a good job there. So Count me in. Let's go to a game this year. Well, that wraps up our T5. We have a short break, and then it's time for us to talk about a few of our favorites. So stick around. From time to time, when debating with your friends, you need to stick up for your boy, even if he or she is in the wrong. On today's Your Boy, you will hear some names we have discussed in the past and maybe had some unkind words for, but both Mike and I will defend them in this week's game of Your Boy. Mike, we'll start with you. Your boy is Lionel Messi. Despite FC Barcelona and Messi reaching an agreement and their intentions were to sign a new contract, it was not allowed because of Spanish La Liga regulations of player registration. Your boy, Leo Messi, looks now to be heading to PSG after 17 years in Barcelona. Mike, will your boy Messi still be able to perform as one of the best players at PSG? I don't think that should ever be questioned after 21 years and 17 seasons with the first team arguably the greatest in our generation Lionel Messi is leaving Barcelona 672 goals in 778 games for the club those are both records 35 trophies they won the Champions League four times and the Spanish League 10 times with him he wanted to stay Barcelona's in a tough financial situation. They've brought in players, but they can't afford the greatest player in the world right now. Disappointing to see both sides break up. I think most people, myself included, probably assumed he was going to head to Manchester City to be reunited with Pep Guardiola. But I tell you, the Paris Saint-Germain is a big player on the world stage. This summer alone, they have now added... John Luigi Donnarumma, who was Italy's goalie at the European Championship. Big guy. Sergio Ramos, one of the greatest defenders in the game today. Jorginho Wijnaldum, a Dutch midfielder who had a great tournament at the Euros. And a fullback, Ashraf Hakimi. They add Messi to that. I think they are the odds-on favorite. Not not just to win the French Ligue 1, but odds-on favorite for the Champions League. These guys... That is a stack lineup to what they already have, and adding the best player in the world right now makes them scary. They, they're going to battle with Juventus, and I, I like our chances, but uh, Paris with Messi, that, uh, <laughs> that's insane. So the best will continue to be the best as long as he chooses to play. I'm smelling a futures bet on PSG for the Champions, Champions League. League. I think I might have to dabble. I might have to dabble in there for sure. But it was it was interesting to see like the fans in Barcelona just heartbroken to see him leave. And 
he looked to be so sad at that press conference and fans were lining up outside the stadium. I mean, it's it's a different world over there when it comes to fans and the players. Yeah. He, like, you know, the, the previous generation had Maradona and Pele as the two greatest going head to head, right, of their era. We have Ronaldo and Messi. I mean, we're spoiled that we have two generational talents playing at the same time and i mean the debate you can debate who's the greatest blah blah, blah. i mean it, you know it doesn't matter they're both phenomenal players and uh i think paris may get the trophy they covet with him there all right stark your boy is tampa bay lightning head coach john cooper back-to-back stanley cup champion he was named head coach of team canada if the nhl is going to be involved in the upcoming olympics Honestly, was there anybody else? Wait, the NHL players are going to the Olympics? Has that even been finalized yet? I I don't get it. No, it hasn't. But they've, they've named them, and they've named the right guy. John Cooper is the perfect guy for this job. Uh, it's the perfect choice. Coach Coop, he's won back-to-back Stanley Cups and is a player's coach with a great mind for the game. He'll have hard-ass assistants. He's got Bruce Cassidy, Peter DeBoer, and Barry Trotz. But he'll be able to set the lines, make sure as many of these Canadian superstars are happy heading into a world competition. He'll calm everyone down. He's great on the bench. All the Tampa Bay Lightning guys have said he's quick to make changes to their system in the middle of the game because he's able to read the game better than anyone else. And he's great at line matching, which is key when you get to the world stage. And these teams are three, four lines deep of superstars. But you know what? The main reason John Cooper is my boy is his story. He never played higher than junior B hockey. He started coaching at his university's legal men's team. That's who he coached first and kind of worked his way up through the ranks and he's won at every level. Uh, He won the Clark Cup in the USHL. He won the Calder Cup at the AHL and then he's won two Stanley Cups. So why not add a gold medal to that resume? He's the perfect guy for the job. I think you could be the John Cooper of the Oakville T-Ball Association. I'm feeling a (laughs) lot of similarities today. The Bryson on the course, the John Cooper behind the cage. Who's my next one? I think he's a great guy. But Mike, let's move to your next one. Your boy is Mark andre Fleury, who was told he would never have to leave Vegas and then was promptly traded to Chicago. We know the Knights are in a tough spot with the cap and had to move one of their goalies, but Fleury was upset when he first said he would not play for the Blackhawks. But somehow, your boy had a change of heart and will now be the netminder for the Hawks. How will he do? Coming off winning the Jennings Trophy and the Vesna Trophy this year, Marc-Andre Fleury gives the Blackhawks an instant upgrade in goaltending. Vegas last year was carrying $12 million for two goaltenders. He kind of figured they were going to have to move one. I thought maybe Laner would go, given the year Fleury had, especially after they promised him he would not be traded. He would retire as a Golden Knight. And they turn around and let him go. Three-time Stanley Cup champion. Look, the Blackhawks are kind of rebuilding on the fly. Picked up Seth Jones a couple weeks ago. Signed him to a long-term deal. Fleury's mentioned playing with Kane and Taves is going to be awesome. This team could easily sneak into the playoffs with good goaltending. And that's exactly what Marc-Andre Fleury is going to bring. Third all-time, the NHL and wins behind two other pretty good goalies. Marty Berdur and Patrick Waugh. And, you know, he's got one year on his deal. So we'll see what happens. He plays one year. He may love Chicago. I know he didn't want to move his family around, but 
who's to say maybe he goes back to Vegas after a year or maybe he falls in love with Chicago and wants to finish things there. Regardless, he's still good enough and he is going to do a great job with the Blackhawks. And I, I think they put themselves in the thick of things next year. Yeah, I think Chicago will be sneaky good. They'll be a surprise team. Getting Taze back is huge and shoring yourself up with a goalie on the back end is, is great. And as you mentioned, it's a one-year deal. So worst case scenario, they're not going to make the playoffs. Trade them at the deadline. Let them go for another cup somewhere else. Exactly. And original six team too. I mean, for a guy who's been in the league as long as he has, you know, to potentially enter the twilight of your career with an original six team, that's that's pretty cool. So, all right, Stark, your girl, we're throwing it, changing it up here, folks. I said that correctly. Your girl, Bianca Andrescu, is playing at the National Bank Open this week. She's the 2019 defending champion because there was no tournament last year because of COVID. Is this the tourney where she turns it around and gets back on a roll? Let's go over the list of Canadian women to win a tennis grand slam. Okay, ready for this list? Bianca, that's it. Mm -hmm. How about the list of Canadian women to win on home soil in the last 40 years? Bianca, that's it. She's earned the right to take her time to heal, find her game again, which she's been working on. We should embrace her back in Canada this week and celebrate her U.S. Open win, which we never really got to do for that long because COVID shut everything down. And then she's the defending champion, as mentioned, when it was called the Rogers Cup. She's our best Canadian player bar none and she was this close to moving ahead that extra inch to become one of the top players in the world but injuries got the best of her and then COVID happened but tennis you know it's a physical sport most players don't last past the age of 25 and she's hitting a hard spot right now with some of these injuries but let's hope that she's healthy and she can find her form back again and Canadian fans should be patient because when she finds her game she's going to explode and rocket right back up those world rankings back towards the number one player in the world and in the mix at every grand slam and tennis is way better when we have some Canadian folks to cheer for and I can't wait to see her get back up there quick fact check for you what city is she from I believe she's from Vaughn false Mississauga good try oh good try I knew that. I was I hoping you just said Mississauga, so I didn't have to correct you, but yes. I knew she was from Mississauga. Damn, Resident of I'm God's country. kicking myself after you should, that one. Because you're from there too. A legend. A legend from Mississauga right here. Well, each week, Mike and I will give you our best bet of the week to help you make some cash. Last week, I had the Dodgers in Max Scherzer's first game. That was a win. Mike had the women's national soccer team winning the gold medal game, and that won. So I still have the T-deck, Mike, and I'll lead us off. I'm going with some preseason football. And even though I have not decided on a team to cheer for just yet, I am picking one of the teams that's in the mix. I like the Chicago Bears minus three and a half over the Miami Dolphins on Saturday, August 14th. The Bears will have Andy Dalton and Justin Fields out there while Miami might rest Tua. It's unclear. So you can get the Bears right now, minus three and a half at minus 110. Go lock it in. Do you get your Andy Dalton jersey yet? No jerseys yet. Okay. My pick, I'm going, I'm going to stick in football as well, but I'm going CFL. Saturday night, Saskatchewan Rough Riders have their home opener. Uh, the place is going to be electric, but they're going to lose. 
to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Tiger Cats wow. had a rough go in Winnipeg. Only they scored in their opening drive and kind of fell off after that. I think the Tiger Cats offense bounces back, gets their first win of the year. Tiger Cats Saturday night in Saskatchewan. Just on the money, just on the money line, eh, Mike? That's it. Nice. You know, I've been to a game, a CFL game in Saskatchewan there. Unbelievable stadium. Uh, the fans are crazy. It's the closest thing you can get to an NFL game in Canada. They rock it down there, which is great to see. Well, we want to hear from you. Make sure to comment on the pod wherever you download your podcast and let us know your thoughts on Twitter and Instagram. We would love the feedback. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at J-A-B-O-Pod, thestringer.ca, and find Mike and I on Twitter to see our thoughts on all the sports throughout the week. Please subscribe, like, and rate our show, and do us a favor and tell a friend to listen. And as always, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose.